You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 324 of Podcateers. This week we discussed the new popcorn bucket that put a huge smile on Gavin's face. A new Haunted Mansion movie is in the works. The recent changes to Disney Plus's premiere access costs for the live action Mulan. Disney Plus drive-ins. And we give our thoughts on the very unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman. You can join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. We'd love to hear your thoughts about anything that we talk about. You can also leave a comment on the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 324. Teamboat Willie is getting ready to virtually participate in this year's Walk for Hope in support of finding a cure for women's cancers. For more information, you can head over to teamboatwilly.com. There you'll find a link to uh, help us out in one of two ways. You can either sign up to be a part of our team and help us fundraise, or you can make a donation. We know that times are super tough right now for a lot of people, but every little bit counts. If you can give a dollar, imagine what a difference would make if 1,000 people gave a dollar. We've always had a special connection with the Walk for Hope, but unfortunately this year it's taken on a very special meaning for us. So uh, if you're able to help us out, we would really greatly appreciate it. So again, head over to teamboatwilly.com for more information on our team and the links on how you can either join our team or make a donation. If you have any questions about Walk for Hope, participation, or anything about Team Boat Willie, feel free to send us a message. We'll be happy to help you out and answer any questions that you may have. This episode of Podcateers is brought to you in part by the generosity of a wonderful group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, aka our podcast Fairy Godparents, through their support via Patreon. If you would like more info on becoming part of the FGP Squad family and getting some additional perks that come along with being part of the FGP Squad, you can head over to podcateers.com FGP. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad, we'd like to send a huge thank you to all of you for your continued support. So that's it. That's going to wrap up this intro. Time to jump into the podcast. Here is episode 324 of Podcateers. Dude, how's it going? That's going all right. It seems like forever since I've been here. It's been like, what, three or four weeks since I recorded with you. I know. But, Through the know, magic of recording, the, the listeners didn't realize that, but I'm here to tell you, I haven't been here in a few weeks. <laughs> but you know what? I Like all this stuff that you've been doing, it's just so good, man. You're getting... Oh, thanks, man. I, I can't tell you how much progress I've seen in your digital work. Like in the last six months, I'm, well, I'm just it's starting astonished. to sink in finally. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you were first starting it off, like you were a little apprehensive about fully jumping into it, but yeah, damn it, dude, you're doing some great work. You got Thanks, some man. sick Ivan Earl vibes to like a lot of the stuff that you've been <laughs> making, but then at the same time, like some of the architecture stuff is very John Henchy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's a proper way of of, of yeah. uh, tagging that, by the way, John yeah, Henchy. John Henchy. Yeah. Yes. 
That'll be in my, uh, when I make the art history books someday, it'll be like, he was an artist of the 21st century, but he was a little John Henchy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is the proper way to attribute there that aspect of your art. <laughs> I like it. I love it. Early um, and Henchy. <laughs> uh, early and Henchy. Yeah, but that earliness to it, that's, mm-hmm. uh, I've been noticing a lot of that like blotting you know, mm-hmm. in your style that's been coming in. And I'm digging it, dude. You're doing a Thanks. super cool job with it. I appreciate it. I'm having a lot of fun and uh, it's keeping me very busy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's been a, a crazy couple of weeks. You know, uh, unfortunately, this last week, life happened and uh, uh, we didn't get a chance to do a, a couple of things that we wanted to do, including our FTP squad call. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're following us on Instagram, I think you already know what's happening and, uh, we are going to, uh, reschedule that call. So we've only postponed it. We didn't fully cancel it. We'll keep in touch with all of you as far as when the next time that we're going to make it available. So we'll post it on Patreon. We'll post it on Instagram and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's just with everything that had gone on that week, it just didn't feel appropriate for us to do it. So, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, we got a lot of messages from all of you. Uh, we didn't get a chance to uh, message all of you back, but we thank you. Uh, we appreciate all all of the comments and the concern. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more later on. But uh, I figured we haven't done this in a little while. We've kind of let a lot of Disney news fly by. And, yep. you know, we kind of talked about it a few episodes ago. Well, more than a few episodes ago now. But there's, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of Disney news outside of, well, the parks are opening. Uh, more people are angry. More people are sad. More people are waving their fists in the air. And, you know, we didn't want to keep reporting on that because, I mean, what's the fun in that? Yeah. <laughs> so. True. We were waiting for some good stuff to happen, and we were waiting for stuff that we felt was, and not that the park's reopening isn't impactful or anything, but, dude, there's a new popcorn bucket that yeah. I think you are going to fall in love with. Ooh. Is it like a Beatles popcorn bucket? Close. <laughs> okay. It is not a Beatles popcorn bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes, finally, <laughs> Disney and the Beatles get together. <laughs> Look, we already talked about this. They tried at one point, and it just did not go very well. That's true. Um, but I'm going to put this up on the screen for you, and I want to see – I want to tr- hopefully capture your live repl- – your response to this because okay. I don't think you've seen this before. Yeah, see, you're, you're really safe here because you know that I'm kind of oblivious to – things like this on social media. So I guarantee I have not seen it. But more importantly, I don't think you're a big fan of collecting popcorn buckets. So you're not liking the popcorn bucket collecting scene. That's correct. My, uh, the thing that I want is the popcorn. That's what I want. Word. Not, not the bucket. And I like, I don't know for me, like I always think about getting one of those buckets and then it's like, now you got to carry it around all day if it's Mm -hmm, a keeper, mm -hmm. you know, like, eh, nah. Yeah. So this might be one of the buckets that, that finally turns you and you think, you know what? 
I may want one of these just for display purposes. Are you okay, ready for cool. this? I can put it next to my um, Woody's boot uh, that I got from the ice cream float during Pixar oh, Fest. With the root beer float thing. Yes, yeah, that was so it. good. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, you ready? Here yep. we go. <gasps> That's it's right. Guinevere. It is a it's Guinevere so popcorn cool. bucket. <laughs> this is apparently now available at Hollywood Studios. Uh, it, nice. it, it looks like it holds a significant amount of popcorn, but it lights up. The headlights turn on. I think no it's got way. a little light on the top that also turns on. I that's am so digging cool. this popcorn <laughs> bucket. Yep. that That's a winner for sure. Right? I dig it. That's one of my favorite animated vehicles of all time. I freaking love Guinevere. I think it's a great, great part of that movie. So, yeah, that I can see myself getting one of those. See? I, I knew it. It goes with my whole vibe. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, this has Gavin written all over it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yep. So, sadly, obviously, the parks are not open in California yet. This right. looks like it's only available at Hollywood Studios right now. So, I'm trying to work it out that I hopefully can get a couple of these. I would like to auction one off for Team Boat Willie this year. Oh, heck yeah. You Absolutely. know, since it looks like it's only going to be available there. In case mm-hmm. you guys don't know, Team Boat Willie is our charity team. And uh, we've done several charity events for several years now. Uh, the ones that we primarily focus on yearly are City of Hope's Walk for Hope to help with women's cancers. And we also help with the Chalk Walk. Uh, we've always looked at expanding. Uh, unfortunately, the timing was just not right this year for us to do it because Mm -hmm. I think April was going to be the next event that we participated in. And then everything happened this year. So 2020 y'all. Yes. (laughs) Um, I want a refund. Right. Uh, But yeah, uh, sadly, you know, this year uh, the walk for hope took on a whole new meaning for us Uh, last year. Uh, we were very connected with it, and uh, this year, you know, we're really trying to do our best to raise some funds to help out with women's cancers. And uh, if you want more information on how you can help out by either making a donation, helping share our links, or joining our team to help us raise money, you can go to TeamBoatWilly.com. Uh, it's really easy to remember because it's like Steamboat Willie. Because that's mm-hmm. actually what inspired our name. Back in the olden days, uh, <laughs> when my brother used to be on the podcast, we always talked about kind of tongue-in-cheek putting together a charity team. And one day he was joking and he said, Oh, dude, dude, perfect name, perfect name. We should call it Team Boat Willie, just like Steamboat Willie. <laughs> and we laughed and thought, Oh, yeah, that's super cool. That's funny. Ha, ha, ha. And the more we thought about it, the more we thought that name is freaking perfect. <laughs> and so we we made a logo, we put the team together and you know did all the team like stuff and now what what are we going on 4 years together? 5 uh, years seems together like or something like I, that. I think it's 4. Yeah, it's I think it's like 4 years now, but mm-hmm. yeah, I we've raised, I don't know, $11,000 or so approximately, you know, to wow. help out different yeah, charities that's awesome. and you know, I know it's not the millions and millions of dollars that other people raise, but you know what? Every little bit helps. Sure. You know, and uh, in this case, like I said, it, it's very close to our hearts this year. So, again, TeamBoatWilly.com is where you can go uh, for more information on the team 
or you can find the link to make a donation. So uh, if you have any questions, just shoot us a message over on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. We'll be happy to help you out with any questions that you may have. Uh, just a quick follow-up. Remember when I told you that the guy that helped basically set up Disney Plus for the Disney company, Kevin Mayer, mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. left Disney to go run TikTok? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting move. But uh, I assume he's doing well because... You can't escape TikTok right now. <laughs> so you would think, <laughs> sir. <clears throat> so TikTok, uh, as you know, if you follow the platform or if you remember us talking about it a couple of weeks ago or uh, several episodes ago, TikTok was under attack by the government. <laughs> oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, TikTok was under attack by the U.S. government saying that they needed to shut down, that the president was going to sign some executive order to ban them from the U.S. because it was a Chinese-run company. Uh, oh, TikTok, that's right. Yeah, so TikTok, the main company that runs it is called ByteDance. And uh, because it is Chinese-owned, the whole thing was politicized and it became this thing that was going to happen. And so mm -hmm. we didn't know if TikTok was actually going to close down. But the interesting thing about it was that Kevin Mayer left a very prominent position at the Disney company, helping establish and run Disney Plus, which, as we know, Disney Plus has really moved up to the forefront of Disney's plans in the foreseeable future as far as how they're going to make a lot of their money going mm -hmm. Uh, continuing through the pandemic and moving past it as well. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the upcoming stuff that's uh, happening in Disney Plus uh, in a moment. But uh, it looks like just this last week, Kevin Mayer announced that he is leaving TikTok after approximately 100 days of running the company. Wow. Yeah. I was really interested to see how this was all going to turn out because of the fact that he was basically promised that he was going to run TikTok, not just in the U.S., but also globally, you know, and that mm -hmm. was part of his decision as to why he left the Disney company. And I, I think when the Disney company was still trying to figure out what they were going to do with uh, Bob Iger's replacement, when the position became Bob Chapek's, I think Kevin Mayer realized, hey, this thing that I thought I was up in the running for, unfortunately, didn't happen for me. And so this other opportunity came up and he said, I'm just going to jump on this. You know, this looks really good for me now. Mm -hmm. But then the president got involved and all this stuff happened. And now, you know, it was the president's order that made him uh, decide that he's just going to leave TikTok instead. I don't know where he's going next, but... This fight for TikTok is getting crazy. Like, Twitter's That's put a bid for it. Oracle made a bid for it. Microsoft was bidding for it. And then... Oh, they're, they're all trying to buy it? Yeah, they're all trying to buy it because the president essentially said that TikTok has to sell the U.S. assets of the company to a U.S. company in order to not get banned within the next 90 days. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And so now... What does, it, what does it matter ultimately if it gets banned, though? Uh, if it gets banned, then uh, there's a lot of people that won't have the app available to them. Hmm. Here's, here's the thing <laughs> about TikTok. Um, you know, social media is 
and and this is where it, it gets really hard to draw this line about you know not making this talk political versus making this talk political right but mm-hmm, ultimately mm-hmm. what it comes down to is what it looks like is the president was going to have some big event and tiktokers trolled the event and flooded the ticketing which was all free you didn't have to pay for anything they flooded the ticketing system reserved everything and only you know a couple hundred people ended up showing up to something that they were expecting thousands and thousands of people for because they were trying to troll the president Uh, Mm -hmm. the president jumped on that and essentially said well it's a chinese company we're banning it and uh, that's Classic. that's the interpretation of, oh, of what man. seems to be happening. And so now, you know, TikTok is going through this. And it's so weird. Like, I'm looking at all of these companies, uh, you know, bidding for it. Like I said, they they are committed to security and committed to all of their followers. We talked about TikTok's new creator fund, similar to what... Uh, YouTube had done in the past to help creators mm-hmm. establish themselves. TikTok has done that. They are planning on giving a couple more billion dollars out within the next few years to help establish more creators. And it, it just all comes down to, you know, people saying what they want to say. And it just didn't turn out the way one or two people wanted it to. But yeah, mm. uh, all these companies are bidding for it. And it's so crazy because the weirdest one that I saw this last week was that Microsoft and Walmart were possibly going to join uh, together to try to buy TikTok. And I thought, okay, cool. Yeah, I get it. Microsoft, it's a tech company. I would understand why they would want to get involved with that. But Walmart? I mean, these mega corporations just want to buy up more business entities. That's what they do. And at a certain point, it doesn't matter what's a part of their conglomerate. As long as it makes money, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of true. Because you, you hire people to run it. Like, it doesn't mean the the Walton family is going to run it. That's very true. Know? Yeah. But I could imagine a, a point where if Walmart was partial owner, where every TikToker, like the, the ones that are highest paid or part of the creator fund, are like, great value products are now available at a discounted rate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's probably free advertising space for them too. Oh yeah, absolutely, and <laughs> I mean, especially considering the way that Facebook has—I uh, I, want to use the word horribly monetized Instagram, because I don't know if you've realized this. That's appropriate. I don't know if you've realized this, but several days ago we were kind of going through our Instagram and TikTok streams, and on Instagram, no joke, every fourth post was an advertisement Mm -hmm. it's insane how they've changed this platform so horribly in the last five years there are people that i i was following for the longest time because i really enjoyed their posts i enjoyed their art like you've talked about it before that's how we met you know i loved your art Mm -hmm. you you know you love my photography and we became friends i've become friends with other people because of the art that they posted But because a lot of those creators didn't have a significant number of followers, they were just kind of buried by the algorithm. And unless 
I physically type in their names and go to their page, they don't show up in my stream anymore. And right. it's super sad because I, there's been a couple of them where when I finally realized that I physically have to go in and type in their name, I, I went weeks without seeing any of their posts. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm on there a lot, y'all. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm on there a lot. <laughs> so it's That's not like funny. I I didn't have the opportunity to see them. It's just their yeah. crappy algorithm wasn't showing it to me. It's true. It's funny because actually this weekend I uh, came up with this idea that I'm going to basically start just going through my list of the artists that I follow and just go to like five of their accounts and just make sure I've seen it all, you know, like once a weekend, just pick five and just start going through their accounts because yeah, there's tons of stuff in there that is just missed now because they, they bury it and they never show it to you. And I think that's mean Instagram. Yeah. And I get it. You know, every company's doing whatever they can you know, to make money and to stay relevant uh, because Instagram was really worried about TikTok because, you know, they were taking their lunch for a while as far as user engagement was concerned. And that's why they launched Reels. You know, it's TikTok's competitor. It's the direct competitor to TikTok. You know, I still don't get what the difference is between that and just posting a video or posting IGTV or posting a live story like all these different things they all seem to be the same exact thing it's just video content kind of i mean it just depends on so every company right now is struggling to keep eyeballs on their platform so that advertisers have eyeballs to show their advertisements to it's more of a visual you know when when you're comparing them because they're trying to really compare like uh, a green Granny Smith apple to like a red Washington apple, you know, because mm-hmm. it's both and they're both apples, but they're just different versions of an apple that you have the option right. to eat. And that's kind of where they are right now. They just want people on their platform versus this other one because they can't show you ads if you're on another platform. So they have to give you something that's closely aligned to that other one to make you feel yeah. like you're on the other one. Yeah, it's, it's- it's interesting because uh, the only and uh, I only see them like glancingly. I don't really look at the stories much, and I don't. It's just I'm I'm on Instagram for the art. That's basically it. Uh, so whenever I do scroll by and I see a reels post, it seems like it's always just a repost of a TikTok. Because you see that yeah. little TikTok yeah. stamp at the bottom, right? Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I guess you're keeping people here. You're not stealing them away from TikTok. They're just posting in both places. Yeah. And they're creating it on TikTok. For the most part, that is what I've seen. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that in the last three to four months especially, there's been this crazy influx called Disney TikTok. And there's so many people just posting a bunch of stuff on there. There's a lot of cast members posting stories about things that happened to them or things that they experienced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like listening to some of those stories. I think a lot of them are interesting. I think a lot of the content is super fun. Uh, And a lot of it started with a lot of these videos where people were doing homemade Disney stuff, right, where they were Mm -hmm. recreating attractions and stuff like that because they were trying to fill that void of not having the parks in their life. But 
it all kind of shifted when Walt Disney World kind of opened and it, there was this crazy shift where it wasn't really homemade Disney. It was more like, hey, here's what happens really in the parks, you know, and yeah. it, it just turned into a whole different dynamic. But that's really what it is. I mean, there's just these different companies that are just trying to do the same thing. And regardless where you go, there's going to be these subsets of people that are interested in the same thing. So, I mean, I right. I will tell you that I I love Disney TikTok. Uh, I I love Disney Instagram. Disney Twitter is sometimes scary as expletive. Um, <laughs> Twitter's just a mess, man. <laughs> I, I I stay away from that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, wherever you go, there's always going to be a subset of people that have the same likings and values and stuff. Sure. You know, sure. I just don't get why there can't be Instagram and TikTok, and they just both be fine. Like, why you got to steal? Everybody wants to make money, man. I guess, but how much money's enough? I'm gonna go with probably never enough for those people. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, ask Elon Musk. Ask <sighs> Jeff Bezos. Bezos, you yeah. know. Gross. It's so gross. You know, so. Anyway, speaking of money. <laughs> <laughs> so, September 4th, we're getting the opportunity to watch Mulan on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. One, what do you think of the idea of Disney charging 30 bucks on the platform to give you access to this film? Uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me. Um, you know, they're losing out on movie theater box office. And so, you know, they don't know that you're not having 50 people over to watch it. You know, like, I don't know. That seems like for a family, you'd pay more than that at the movie theater. You know, for me, I always go to the movie alone. <laughs> so it's a total ripoff. Also, uh, they would have to pay me $30 to watch this particular movie. So I... You know, it's not for me, but I, I get the pricing. It, it it does make sense to me because they get to stream it more than once, right? Okay, so there's actually been several changes to this whole thing that's been happening. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this on the podcast because we had, you know, these other episodes planned. But, you know, a, some time ago, Disney had announced that they were going to do this premiere access thing for Mulan which mm-hmm. was going to allow people to watch Mulan for 29.99 and it was going to be a part of their library as long as they were a Disney Plus customer. So, you okay. paid the 30 bucks, but if you cancel your Disney Plus subscription, you no longer had access to this movie, which is totally different than when you purchase that on something like Movies Anywhere or when you purchase it through Amazon or Google or iTunes because you essentially own that film. Right. Mm -hmm. So everybody went crazy because they said, well, we're already giving you seven bucks a month. You know, why do we have to give you more money? And I kind of fell in a weird spot with this one because I understand that Disney wants to make money back that they've lost because they've lost billions of dollars in the time that the parks Mm -hmm. have been closed. And they still have a lot of cast members that they want to find ways to pay, bring them back to work, do whatever they can. As a company that has a board of directors and that answers to investors, they have to make that money back somehow. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that they thought of was, well, movie theaters aren't doing very well. Let's put it on Disney Plus for this $30 fee. Now, the, the thing that, just like you said right now, 
the biggest debate I think fell between families with larger households and general audiences that only have one or two people that are going to the movies. Because if you go to a matinee, you can get in in most theaters for you know under twenty bucks for two people. And if you don't eat mm-hmm. any concessions or you know that you just go for the film. You know, for a good 15 to $18, you're both watching this movie, which is about half price. Yeah. But for a family of four or five, you're spending way beyond that $30 to go into a movie theater to watch this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I fell into this weird spot because about a week ago, Disney announced that Mulan is actually coming to Disney Plus for free for everybody on December 4th. So mm-hmm. this is no longer this premiere access to get to watch this movie and nobody else gets access to it. This is now essentially an early screening of Mulan if you choose to spend the $30 for it. Yeah. I mean, it's the same as it would have been if it was just released in general theaters because you would go and pay and buy a ticket to watch it in the theater. But then, you know, months later, it would come to Disney+. Plus, mm-hmm. Or it would be available like this to is, purchase. This is... Yeah, this has always been the case, right. right? It's just we're not used to it being having a ticket price to watch it in our living room. Right. I, I think one of the arguments that I saw was that people were saying, you know, one of the things I'm paying for when I go to the movies is this big screen and these seats and a room for you, you know, that we're essentially leasing out for two or three hours to enjoy this film. And now mm-hmm. you're using my property to show me this film that you're also charging me for. And, you know, there was a lot of back and forth that Disney should pay the people that are watching it. And I mean, it was easy for me to see why Disney was doing it. I understand the price. It was certainly a a jarring price to see, considering that Disney Plus is only seven bucks a month. You know, but I think the idea of making the movie available on December 4th for free for everybody was a response to the negativity that people were putting out there because of the $30 price tag. If people had originally received it as, hey, this is a fantastic thing, this is cool, or if it was like 20 bucks and people were like, oh, yeah, 20 bucks is a great price for me to be able to watch this at home and not have to worry about getting sick going to a movie theater, I think it would have been a different story. But considering that it was 30 and there was such a backlash, Disney said, "Okay, well, after a few months, we're going to make it available. If they had presented it from the beginning as, hey, this is $30 for early access, where it's basically video on demand. And then in December, you get a chance to watch it for free. So you're basically, Mm -hmm. you know, ahead of the curve. You could talk about it. And this is certainly something that. Uh, a lot of movie sites, vloggers or whatever are going to be possibly purchasing so that they could talk about it and make their YouTube videos and all that other stuff about, right? Had they presented it that way, I think the outcome would have been much different for them. And I think people would have been more accepting of it, especially Mm -hmm. if it was even $24.99. $19.99, I think, would have been a really sweet spot for them because I think it like 20 bucks. You know, that's about how much but, you pay for like a DVD or a Blu-ray, yeah. you know, so. But here, here's the deal, though. We have to remember also that their investment in this film, in Soul, in Raya, like these films were 
they've paid all this money to make these films already. And they didn't know when they started making these films that 2020 was going to close down theaters and that they were never going to have hopes of a box office return. So for the first few next few, they've got to charge something to get some sort of return on their investment. You know, it's not being paid for by Disney plus subscriptions because this is not part of Disney plus original content budget. Right. Right. And so and we also have to keep in mind that if we want the Disney Studios to continue to bring us the amount of content that they create, you know, and I'm including LucasArts and uh, Marvel Studios and all of it, if we want them to continue to put this amount of content out with the production value that we expect from these studios, we're going to have to pay to stream them initially. There's no other way for them to pay for it. Yeah. So like to me, it's like. I get that people are, I guess, unused to the idea of, oh, well, I'm already paying for streaming. Why do I have to pay for this? Well, they got to pay for the movie, you know, and, and yeah. this isn't that your subscription's not paying for it, especially the thousands and thousands of us that are on that initial deal where we're paying, what, three fifty a month right now mm-hmm. for it for three years. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they got to make that money or else we won't get the blockbusters that the, these studios pr- uh, produce. Yeah. And to your point, that's exactly what company like Netflix has had to do, right? When we first signed mm-hmm. up for Netflix, our subscription was like $7 or $7.99 or something like that. But as yeah. Netflix concentrated more on putting out these Netflix originals because they were losing the licensing for everything that they had, all of a sudden it creeped up to $9.99, then $10.99, $12.99, $14.99. And I think now we're yeah. at like $16 for Netflix. But again, I think the presentation of how it came through and how they originally planned it, where even if you canceled it, you didn't have access to it and stuff like that. um, uh, That was the one thing that I thought was kind of weird. Personally, I would love a way for, especially considering that Disney owns a part of Movies Anywhere, where I think if they had presented it as, hey, it's coming to Disney Plus in December for free, but it's coming to movies anywhere for twenty nine ninety nine. You get to own it even if you cancel Disney Plus, and it just became a part of your library like any other movie purchase. I think they would have been fine, and people would have understood that that's the dynamic. Yeah, that's weird that they would even go there because were they basically saying they were never going to add it to just Disney Plus? It would always be a for pay only? That's what it sounded like. And that's why I'm saying that I think this whole idea of them making it for free in December spawned from the fact that they had such a huge backlash for that pricing tier. And Mm -hmm. I it it was all about the presentation. If they had present and this is my personal opinion, I could be absolutely wrong, but I honestly feel that if they had said from the beginning, hey, look. This is now the premiere tier. It's early access. Premiere access means early access to these films for $30. Eventually, they're going to come to Disney Plus for free, but you have first view of these films. Or uh, they're available on Movies Anywhere. Link your Movies Anywhere account, and you'll be able to watch it as part of your Disney Plus service. I think people would have been like, hell yeah, let's do this. Let's watch Mulan. And the backlash would have been so bad. Everybody said like, mm-hmm. oh, you're coming off as greedy. You're coming off as this. You're coming off yeah. as that. But in reality, like you said, they're I mean, trying to make their pay money for this. It's a giant epic movie. Yeah. I mean, 
it looks so expensive. You know, I'm not saying that our pricing structure for movies is right, but that's the cost of movies these days. Yeah. And man, yeah, you, they got to pay for it somehow. Yeah. So anyway, um, I know that, you know, this story broke a couple of weeks ago. We hadn't had an opportunity to talk about it. But if you have any thoughts on that, especially, you know, what I was saying right now, do you think people would have received it differently had Disney just presented it in that manner? Would you have been more open to the idea of buying it on Movies Anywhere, linking your account and it being a part of your library instead of just it going away? You know, join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts uh, because it looks like this is something that's going to be happening a lot more. You know, Raya might be coming to Disney+. Plus. We might be getting Black Widow. We Like all these other films that were originally slated for theaters, we don't know how long this is all going to go on and when movie theaters are officially going to reopen, if ever. You know, so if this happens to be the new way of us watching films... What do you think of that new structure? What do you think a sweet spot price is? Like $19.99, $24.99? You know, again, join the conversation. Leave your comments. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You know, keeping with Disney+, Plus, remember how I talked to you about how drive-ins were making this, like, comeback all of a sudden? Yeah, it was like a Walmart parking lot initiative, right? Yes. So apparently in Australia... They're launching mm -hmm. Disney Plus drive-ins. What? Yeah. That's kind of cool. I know. So I don't <laughs> have uh, a lot of information uh, as far as the expansion of it, but it looks like it's going to be happening in about four different places. Uh, the first place it's going to be is in Brisbane from September mm -hmm. 17th through October 18th. And, yo, there is a lot of movies that they're going to be making available. Are they doing like classics on the big screen? Dude, animated Aladdin, Cars, Nemo, Black Panther, 101 Dalmatians, the original one, <gasps> Lady and the Tramp, Jungle Book, all the original animated versions, oh, the original Lion so King, cool the, the animated Lion oh, King, yes. animated Beauty and the Beast, Guardians of the Galaxy, Rogue, Rogue One. They're throwing in some other stuff like Cool Runnings, Mighty Ducks, Edward Scissorhands, Hocus Pocus, Mrs. Doubtfire. The list is massive. Okay, of all yeah. these films that they're going to be showing. I love this idea. Uh, I, I was kind of on board when I found out that they were doing drive-ins here in, in the United States. This mm -hmm. Disney one, though, I might be more inclined to, to find out where it is and to go to this thing. Uh, if yeah. we can't do movie theaters, I love the idea <laughs> of just chilling in your car, watching the film, getting out of the house, you know, watching it on this big screen, you know, in the night mm -hmm. sky. I'm digging this idea, dude. <laughs> I think it's awesome. That's a great list of movies, too. Like, uh, there's some that I would die to see on the big screen. I'm going to actually make this a topic for an upcoming episode, okay? Okay. If we could choose three films, considering this whole drive-in thing, you know, is becoming really popular. Mm -hmm. So keep mm -hmm. this in mind. And if anybody wants to comment on this, we'll read them in an upcoming episode. But if you could choose three animated, three live-action Disney, Star Wars, or three Pixar, you know, basically mm -hmm. one for each prop, three for yeah. each property, what yeah. would those yeah, three yeah, yeah. be for each property? 
That would be fun. And I, I, I'll throw in a, a surprise spoiler right now. One of my Pixar picks would be Cars because I've never seen Cars on the big screen. Get out. I never saw it until it was out on DVD. What? <laughs> and it's my favorite. Oh, dude. <laughs> right? That's yeah. crazy. So uh, that would be my number one Pixar for sure. Did it? That's a dumb question for me to ask. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> did it become your favorite after you watched it? Well, of course. It wasn't going to become your favorite before you watched it. That's a dumb question to ask, Kazen. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know you'd never right? saw that one. You yeah, saw two was, and three though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By that time, I was a Cars fan. So like, it was a weird point in my life. And um, it just... It just didn't happen. I didn't see it. And I was working at Barnes and Noble at the time. And in our music and movies department, we had screens where we would play, you know, new release movies. They'd be on silent, but they would just be up there playing. And as staff, we could put our name on a list, like call dibs on when they, when we were done with them, they would just give them away to staff. Right. And so if there was ever a Disney or Pixar one, I would always put my name on it. And I was like, um, I'll go ahead and, get this one it's free and i got it and i watched it and like fell head over heels first watch so uh, i was kicking myself that i never saw it on the big screen but yeah that would be my first choice for pixar <laughs> well cut chow mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I-, I think that's gonna be a fun topic so let's put a pin in that one and we'll okay. make that one of the upcoming episodes especially considering cool. these drive-ins are becoming like the latest craze again. I, I, I love that. And I yeah. hope that they bring this particular Disney Plus one. And I know what people are going to say, but you could just watch them on Disney Plus. But it's different. You know, the, the drive-in experience, going out, leaving your house, you know, mm-hmm. again, is really nice. Uh, yeah. The fact that you get to experience a little bit of Americana, you know, while you go to these drive-ins. Uh, I love mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, absolutely, I can watch these at home. But my screen isn't going to be as big as the screen that I'm going to watch it in. And I'm not going to have the experience of having my kids yelling in the back seat while I'm trying to watch a film. I could have just watched it at home. So there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think I may have just unconvinced myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would love to do this. Uh, so, yeah. Obviously, if you're in Australia, uh, Brisbane, I think, is the first one. Uh, Then it's going to be happening in Sydney from October 22nd through November 15th. And then uh, I think they are going to Melbourne after, but they haven't set any dates for that right now. Mm. But, yeah, man, uh, I I totally dig it. So cool. Oh, since we're on Disney+, Plus, just a couple things. One, Mm -hmm. you know what I hadn't seen ever? And I finally saw, for the first time... What? The Greatest Showman. Oh, okay. Okay. I had never seen it before. Uh, it didn't do much for me. I was... I didn't like it. So, The the Greatest Showman, I love the soundtrack. Yeah, that's what I didn't like. Really? Uh, I, <laughs> I like the soundtrack. Like the no, no. I, I like the soundtrack. And uh, there was uh, actually a handful of songs that I really enjoyed on there. And they were part mm. of my playlist. But I had never seen the film. And let me tell you... I've read about P.T. Barnum before, mm-hmm. and ooh, mm-hmm. this movie sugarcoated him. 
<laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> this movie definitely, definitely sugarcoated him. Uh, yeah. But I think for what they did and what the film was, I think it was very mm. enjoyable. It's a beautiful film. Like visually, it's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, really pretty set design and and just overall cinematography. It's really pretty. Yeah. Plus, I think it struck an extra chord with me because uh, several of the songs, including A Million Dreams, was a song that my son sang at school. Like they got oh, together nice. for chorus and everything. And, you know, they all had their parts and different mm-hmm. grades have different portions of like the musical that they were performing. Uh, but he knew three of the songs because they had practiced them for this thing that they did at school. Nice. And anytime that those songs would come on, he would start singing and I would just kind of shift my attention over to him. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I get all warm and fuzzy inside. So. Apple didn't fall far from the tree. <sighs> it was great. <laughs> and, and I think that's why I enjoyed the film a lot more than I would have nice. had that not been the case. Uh, gotcha. Because overall, like I said, this <laughs> this really sugarcoated P.T. Barnum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fantasy musical. It's yeah. not a historical biography by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, nice. I know there's going to be people saying like, "Well, what about Hamilton?" I was like, "Well, I really enjoyed Hamilton." <laughs> yeah, ha- Hamilton's another thing altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other beast on its own. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, all this stuff is happening. Drive-ins, love it. Uh, since we're on this movie kick. All of a sudden, not where I plan to go, but hey, we're there. Let's jump in head first. Haunted Mansion is getting a movie finally. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, not related to the original one from like 2004, right? No, no. 2003, okay. actually. 2003? Yeah, yeah, okay. 2003. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, it's interesting. Um, I, you know, they had a pretty successful run of, of comic book stories and, you know, the cult of the Haunted Mansion seems to grow ever stronger and, and bigger and more popular all the time. Yep. So I think it was only a matter of time. It'll be interesting to see if they can roll it into a successful series like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I think a lot of it is going to be down to casting and writing, of course, uh, to see if they can pull it off. But uh that's definitely one that I will pencil in as a must watch. Yeah. It's interesting because, uh, you know, I've gone on record originally when I saw the Haunted Mansion movie years ago. Uh, I was not a fan of this film. Okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was very vociferous about how I did not enjoy it. Uh, however, in the last few years, I've rewatched it, and mm-hmm. I understand its place in Disney history, and I understand the audience that they were catering to. And if I put myself in those shoes, I actually enjoy the film. So mm-hmm. if, I, if I start looking at it as critically as what I wanted it to be versus what it was, I actually enjoy watching it. So it's actually grown on me, and I'm actually happy sure. about that because I love the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Now, the the writer that is attached to it, obviously there was rumors for years that Guillermo del Toro was going to be the person writing and directing the film, and there was even some concept art of like this gruesome hatbox ghost that was you know going to be a part of it, and that just didn't happen. 
unfortunately they could not yeah. you know reach a deal uh, I think that would have been absolutely amazing because Guillermo del Toro just has this insane mind for this type of film. And well, and I think he would bring a lot of that weirdness that Rolly Crump would want. Oh, absolutely. Film, right? <laughs> absolutely. Like they yeah. have very similar ways of thinking. Totally. And here's what I feel. I think that part of the reason they ran into such an issue with it is because of the fact that the mansion as it stands now kind of straddles that it's funny it's spooky line and the eddie murphy version of the haunted mansion did the exact same thing Mm -hmm. guillermo del toro's would not have been that right it would have been on the scary side and i think it would have put off a lot of people because uh, although it would have had a really huge following it may have been more difficult for children to enjoy and understand or even depending on the rating uh, for parents to even want to take their children. And obviously Mm -hmm. Disney wants their films to be able to cater to children. Mm -hmm. The new writer for this film is Katie Dippold who wrote Ghostbusters, the reboot, but uh, was really great writing for Parks and Rec. So she's had some really great things and some okay things. And I'm hoping that it's kind of right in the middle or it kind of has, you know, that parts Mm -hmm. and rec magic. Uh, Do we have a director yet? They don't have a director, but the producers are going to be Dan Lin and Jonathan Eyrick, who uh, produce Aladdin. Hmm. I don't really know what the producers do. I don't know either. Sweet. I don't know either. Cool. I, the only one I know is executive <laughs> producer, and that's usually the person that somehow gave some money. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know exactly what producers do, but if yeah. anybody knows, see, I, please I comment. think it's going to be mostly down to the the director, and you know, I would love to see somebody that, like you said, has been known to ride, you know, one genre alongside with comedy. Um, so, you know, I think there's probably several good candidates out there and obviously Disney's got a ton of directors under their umbrella. So I I think, I think they'll make it work. I I'm, I'm hoping that it gets enough like main focus. Like it shouldn't be, I don't want it to feel like a made for Disney plus movie. I don't want it to be, feel like, you know the Eddie Murphy sequel. I want this to be a legit pirates of the Caribbean curse of the black pearl. Like give us that level of awesomeness. Cause it deserves it. You know, we yeah. need that. And that's definitely what Guillermo del Toro would have brought to it. Right. Sure. You know, whenever anybody reboots anything, there's always such huge shoes to fill, especially with a, with a franchise like, like ghostbusters, for instance, You know, it has such a legacy and it's so well known. And that original Ghostbusters film is so beloved that it's difficult to reboot it and then change the characters. And even if they pay homage to those original characters, it's always going to be compared to the first one. Sure. This one, it's going to be. I don't think you'll have that problem with this one. (laughs) See, that's the thing, though. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it will be compared to that one. Whether it's good or bad. I don't think it will. I think it'll be compared to what people think of as the mansion, which I think was the problem with the first one. They wanted it to feel 
as much like the experience with the mansion as possible and i it just doesn't come across that way yeah that's fair that's fair you know because i mean watching the film i can tell you that as ornate as the sets are for the haunted mansion film there is this slight disconnect for for me or there there was a slight disconnect where it honestly felt more like phantom manor with characters from the haunted mansion versus the haunted mansion from here in anaheim it's it's interesting because i expected it to look like one of the two domestic haunted mansions and it really didn't look like either yeah and and then when you get to like Madame Leota, she doesn't feel like Madame Leota from the attraction, yeah. right? It was Jennifer Tilly. Um, it's just, I don't know. I think they should have kept the mansion elements closer to what they were and let Eddie Murphy be the foil to all of that. And I don't know. Well, we could, we could rip that movie apart or build it up a million different ways. Um, oh, it sure does have will. its value and, it's entertaining on its, uh, you know, of its own, but it's it's just not quite. Well, it's certainly not what they did with pirates. I'll just put it that way. That's true. That's very yeah. true. And I still haven't seen the Tower of Terror movie, so I can't tell you if it's better or worse than that. Oh, I have to send you the DVD so you can watch it. Isn't it on Disney Plus? Oh, is it? I think it is. No. I think so. I think I saw it there. Was if it is, it, it must have recently been added because I don't remember seeing it on there. Okay, it might not be, but I thought it was. Okay, I had to quickly search. Or for maybe it. I saw it on Netflix or Hulu. Well, it's not there, but 2020 is definitely the Twilight Zone. So right. that could be the reason why you thought you saw it. <laughs> so if that's the case, <laughs> and it isn't on any of the services, let me know. I will send you the DVD so you can watch it. Okay. Because it's worth watching at least once. You have to visit the Tip Top Club at least once in your life. There we go. Until it's in the parks. Because one of our armchair imagineering ideas got picked up. Yeah, it really needs to be there. (laughs) It should have been there all along. The fact that it never was is just, that's a missed opportunity of epic proportions. Look, we can still do it, too. If we go with that idea when we were armchair imagineering Buena Vista Street of the speakeasy and then going through and doing all those clues that you were talking about, we can mm-hmm, make this mm-hmm. happen. The yeah, Tips Up Club yeah. can be the secret club that you eventually end up in. I'm just saying. It's a genius idea. I'm just saying. And if, if I don't say so myself. And if you're new to the podcast and you don't know what we're talking about, go to podcateers.com and up in the menu, you will find an option for armchair imagineering episodes. It'll take you to a page that has all the episodes we've ever done with armchair imagineering ideas. This is the one for Buena Vista Street. We decided to come up with some new concepts, and there was some ideas in there that I think we can still implement. And, uh, yeah, that's all we're going to say. Yeah. All we're going to (laughs) say. So, yeah, we actually had asked people on Instagram about the Haunted Mansion movie, and here's a couple of comments. Briar Rose 91 said, I'm excited yet weary. Ghostbusters was okay. Parks and Rec was amazing. Let's see how this goes. I'm biased, so I'll probably love it lol Uh, i love eddie murphy even though everyone hates it so it's got to be better than that Mm -hmm. i hope so i mean like i said i think i've made peace with it at this point and i don't hate it like i used to so Mm -hmm. i 
I think in general, like you said, if they keep to the mansion-esque aspects of it, it'll do much better than the original one. Or it'll be better received, you know, without it having to develop some cult following over time. Mm -hmm. Um, David Everett or Chicken Lips underscore David Everett. But (laughs) looking forward to it, but disappointed that Guillermo del Toro is not directing. I was hoping for something a little darker, and this sounds like it's going to be more lighthearted. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, people feel exactly the same way that we're feeling. You know, it, it definitely feels like it's going to be more on the lighter side. They do have to cater to both adults and to children when they put together these films. Yeah. You know, Pirates is, is that really, really sweet spot where adults and children can enjoy Pirates. But yeah. ghosts and ghouls and goblins or whatever is not something that all children enjoy. You know, so... Right. Uh, even, I, I don't know, like, even with the Pirates films, there were points where I remember, like, my kids just looking at the the skulls and the, the transitions when they would hit the moon and stuff like, or the moonlight would hit them, where they're like, mm-hmm. yep, nope, we're done with this, you know, and, and they just wouldn't <laughs> watch anymore because they were just yeah. afraid of it, so... I, I can kind of see where that balance happens, but if yeah. I mean if your kids enjoy that, then great, you know. So, anywho, so yeah, I, I'm excited. Haunted Mansion movie coming soon. We don't have an exact date, but I mean, look, now we know it's finally coming. It's no longer a rumor, and that's something mm-hmm. we should be excited mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about films, um, there is, unfortunately, one last thing that we wanted to talk about, and that was the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman at the age of 43. He lost his four-year battle with colon cancer, and I, I got to tell you, uh, this this kind of hit me. Yeah, it's it was shocking, to say the least, just knowing the cause with someone that young is uh, that'll wake you up, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was such a fantastic actor, um, you know, kind of in many ways at the beginning of his career, you know, with, you know, newly found success over the last four or five years. And, uh, you know, it was such a great, uh, picked great roles, you know, um, Yeah, it just stinks because, you know, he's somebody that could have provided entertainment for years and years to come. And, you know, I think the stuff that he did create will is beloved already and will remain beloved. Um, You know, I think probably most notably would be his role as Black Panther. Yeah. Um, But yeah, um, crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, I was listening to a couple of interviews of his just over the last couple of days. And I, I think it hit me because Black Panther connected with so many people from so many corners of the world that it united people in a way that not a lot of films have been able to do. Mm-hmm. He brought the idea, the aspect, and the character of a black superhero to life in such a way where no matter where you went for months, regardless of where you came from, you saw Wakanda forever. You saw people saluting. You would go to Disneyland or California Adventure and you would see the lines of people lighting up to meet Black Panther. And the character of T'Challa was so honorable, was so cool and collected, but 
you know, knew how to not only lead people, but do it in a way where people weren't sidekicks. You know, when you think of everyone that worked together on Wakanda to save this old society of people that have been around with this, this great technology, nobody was an afterthought. Every single person played a primary role in that film. And that was because of the leadership of T'Challa. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think especially now with the way that a lot of people feel that, you know, things are going or things are going to go or it doesn't matter what side you fall on. You know, I think everybody wants a leader that is uh, as good as Black Panther was or as T'Challa was as King of Wakanda. Right. Mm -hmm. You want somebody to be sympathetic and you want somebody to be decisive and you want somebody to play this role of a of a leader. Right. And Mm -hmm. the the roles that he played, like you said, were very well selected. I mean, I remember watching 42 and just thinking like this guy is Jackie Robinson. You know, he he just playing this role. Absolutely amazing. Um, But, yeah, it's just it's sad to see that he was so young and more importantly if you think about when he was possibly diagnosed the time frame of when he was shooting black panther and infinity war and um end game and all these films that he was a part of after civil war you have to imagine that it was one of the hardest things for him to do to be suffering what he was going through and yet mm-hmm. still show up and be the role model and be the person that he became for so many people. Yeah. You know, that's a class act, man. Totally. I, I can only aspire to be <laughs> as brave and, you know, as I, I don't, I don't have enough words to describe, you know, how much I admire Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And it's going to be uh, a really difficult thing for a lot of people for the MCU, obviously. You know, it's going to be difficult for them to move on. But, yeah, it it was super sad. You know, we've we've had conversations, you know, not to pivot this over to what we're doing with Team But Willie, but it just goes to show that regardless of anything else that's going on, these diseases don't stop, right? That's what we're fighting for so that people make it through and ultimately people don't have to experience it at all. Right. You know, that's the goal. So, yeah, uh, he's definitely going to be missed. Uh, If you have any comments about Chadwick Boseman, if you have any roles that you particularly love outside of Black Panther uh, or any lines that you connected with on Black Panther, especially join the conversation. Leave us a comment over on the blog post for this episode at podcuteers.com slash 324. ABC was doing a special on mm-hmm. him yeah they're gonna air air black panther right yeah they were gonna air black and then panther do like a little mini like biography tribute kind of show yeah too. yeah we posted yeah. that on the instagram account and on facebook uh sadly i don't have just regular tv uh we're still mm-hmm. fighting with those rabbit ears that i never purchased so we weren't able to watch it but if i had to guess it'll show up on hulu in a yeah days. that's what i'm thinking it's either going to be on hulu or even disney plus because i've seen it show up on both services yeah, now so yeah. uh, in case you miss it uh, we did post it on instagram but in case you miss it we're sure that it'll show up on one or both services and if and when it does we'll post it to instagram to remind you in case you wanted to watch that as well uh that's it 
that's uh, I know it's a somber note to end on, but uh, <laughs> it is a good reminder to tell the people that you care about, that you love them. Let's continue doing what we can to be safe, use a mask, try to protect each other so that everything that we've gone through this year doesn't continue to stack up and keep us away from the people that we love because yep. uh, there's so many bad words I want to use right now. But uh, <laughs> <clears throat> honestly, if we can just double down on staying home as much as possible, we can get through this a lot sooner. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I know there's a lot of people that disagree with that, but I'm like, seriously, this stuff spreads when people move around. Yep. yep. <laughs> so anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So until next week. Keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Made you look.